So the last two weeks, we have been doing um, a series called Home for Christmas. And so we have talked about hope. And last week, Pastor Ken brought a great message about peace, that Jesus is peace in our lives and in the world today. And to experience the ultimate peace is to go to him. And today we are talking about love. And when I was actually, Brad and I had a miscommunication until last week. And I was pretty sure you were supposed to speak this week. I was like, I don't want to talk about love. Love is just mush. I'm not a a mushy person. And he's like, oh, I think I have love. And I was like, yeah, you have love. And then we looked at our calendar. He's like, I don't have love. I was like, oh, I have love. Lucky me. So I'm letting you know today that this is not a mushy topic because I'm not a mushy person. But uh, love is a loaded word. It is a loaded a loaded action, it's a load of emotion, but my hope today is to bring that load of love to simplify it to what Jesus is and how he represents love. So in the Old Testament, we have been talking about, um, they've been anticipating, right? They've been praying, they've been waiting for Jesus to come, and they knew that a Savior is going to come, but they've just, they've just been in such turmoil just waiting for the Savior to come. And they expected a king to show up, a crown, right, a crown on his head, maybe a sword with an army and just ready to conquer the day to save them where they're at. But thankfully, God had another plan. He had a plan, a simple yet perfect plan, and the plan was love. The plan was love came down as a son, Jesus. So before we dig into this, I'm going to pray. It's been an interesting week. And uh, bear with me, I got Kleenex in my pocket, and we're just going to get this, this word out, and I, I need Jesus by my side in this one. So God, thank you so much. <sighs> we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you care. And today, Jesus, we ask that you speak the simplicity of love to every heart here today. And Jesus, we know that you are in control of every situation, that every situation is not a surprise to you, that your plan is beautiful. And we see that from the very beginning of the unwrapping of the anticipation of Jesus coming. So Jesus, we want to celebrate you and uh, we just ask that you speak, speak your word, not my word, Jesus. So I ask that you control my emotions today and help me get your word out today in your name. Amen. All right. So Christmas, <laughs> it's funny. My first thing, the most wonderful time of the year is what we hear, right? We hear it in songs. We hear it in stories. We have amazing memories of Christmas. The expectation that once December 1st hits, everything Christmas comes. And I know some of us gets Christmas a little bit more in November and October where we're like, what are you doing? Like when I moved here, Christmas was exciting in August. And I was like, really? Wow, I'm waiting for maybe the end of November. So you guys are already there. You knew that Christmas is coming. You guys are excited. Everything happy, everything great, everything joyful, right? But the truth is, it's all that, but it's also a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress because we have our day-to-day lives, but then on top of that, we add everything Christmas onto our everyday lives that we already have scheduled. For example, 
Christmas shopping, gift wrapping, decorating inside the house, outside of the house. We went Christmas light driving around. That was a lot of Christmas lights happening out there. Christmas baking, gingerbread house assembling, and Christmas parties. There's charity work, kids' Christmas concerts, and all the sports within there, those hockey games and basketball tournaments during Christmas time. There's family drama. This is the season of family drama. It rises nice and high, and we try to fit it all into a schedule. Right? We all try to jam-pack it into it. And don't get me wrong, a lot of that stuff is amazing. A lot of that stuff is fun, it's tradition, it's exciting, it's exciting for kids, it's exciting for me. I enjoy baking. I was baking um, shortbread cookies. I even chose not to go buy um, a box gingerbread house. I was like, no, no, I'm going to make one. My goodness, I should have bought the box. But I decided to, to to bake it and it's just gonna probably sit there and, and I don't know if it's gonna get assembled, but I made it and it's there on the table. You know, we add those concepts, we add the Christmas, but who's adding it? It's us. We are adding it. Never once does it say in the Bible, now is the day to put together the gingerbread house. Now is the day the Christmas lights go on. Now is the day you wrap those presents. Never once does it say any of that. The first Christmas when Jesus was born, people were still waiting. People were still praying, believing for that Savior to come. Nothing fancy was happening. There was no Christmas parties. There was no Christmas lights. There was no Christmas carols. But it was a day that was just a day. And no one knew the Savior has come even when he was born. Yes, we're going to talk about that. But not the world. The world did not know when he was born that night. So this is how I kind of do things when I read. And I'm very visual, I'm very, I can be very creative. So when I have a book, either I'm reading or a, or a newspaper article or the weather report, my brain goes to, <laughs> yeah, the weather report. Oh, yes, the weather report, I'll leave that. And my brain goes to um, visually seeing. My imagination opens up. I try to visualize uh, whether it's a character in a story or a situation that I just read. Does anyone else visualize what they read? Fantastic. I'm speaking to you. Those who do not visualize, my goodness, you're, you're, it must be boring to read. But imagine, so when, for example, let's go to Goliath. When I think of Goliath, I think of a giant, ugly, disgusting, very furry, hairy, sweaty, gruesome kind of an ugly man. And I can't draw, so I wouldn't be able to draw it for you. So that's my description to you. And then out of what I just said, you're kind of mingling that into your imagination. Or if I say Samson, right? My mind goes to Thor. Flowy hair, muscular, tough man, good-looking kind of a guy, right? So, hey, hey, hey. Bradley, yes, hey. Don't distract me. All right. So then we talk about Mary and Joseph. So I'm, talking, I'm reading about Mary and Joseph in the Bible and uh, how I was like wondering, how did they meet? So then my imagination goes. So I'm going to invite you to my imagination for a little bit about how Mary and Joseph might have met. You cannot quote me on this. And if you quote me, it's Caitlin saying Caitlin's words. This is not biblical. This is just my imagination. But I believe that Mary and Joseph loved each other. I do believe that. But before they loved each other, I think they hung out. 
I think they were friends. They might have went to the same youth group. Why not? They might have went to the same youth group. They might have went to the same Bible studies. They might have had the, they went to the prayer groups. We do know that Mary loved God. We know Joseph loved God. We know that they're faith-filled people. So why couldn't they go to the same youth group and play the same youth games like tic-tac-toe relay and fruit basket and a game that I got to introduce called garbage ball? They probably love those things hanging out together. And I think as they're hung out together and they went and they started growing in the relationship, their friendship a little bit, that Joseph went, hey, Mary, you want to go out for coffee one day? Like, I know this really great local coffee shop called Hebrews, and uh, we should go, oh, you caught it, and we should uh, go get a great latte there and hang out. And that's kind of how my imagination goes a little bit into these stories, where all of a sudden, she said, sure, let's go out for coffee. And then they start hanging out. They start talking. They play cards together. And they like, hey, I kind of like him. Hey, I kind of like her. Let's meet our parents. Hey, I like her. I like him. Hey, I like them. Okay, okay, let's get engaged. Shebang. And then it's just how it's done. Maybe? Well, that's how I thought it would go. So how that would work is that now if they're engaged, they're excited in a normal uh, Engagement would be like, we got to plan our wedding. We got to plan our future. They're dreaming about their future. How many kids do they want? How many chickens do they want? How many dogs do they want? How many goats do they want? Where do they want to live? Do they want to plant gardens? I don't know. They start dreaming of a future. But the cool part was God was part of that plan. God saw Mary. God saw Joseph. And he's a matchmaker, right? He created love. He's like, hmm, those two, yep, I can see that they can do this together. So they fell in love. I believe they fell in love. I know the culture back then was arranged marriages. And even if it was an arranged marriage, I believe that those two were still in love. Because God, the Father who sent his son Jesus, needs a loving wife and a loving husband and a marriage to work. And I believe, in my mind, is that God had this all planned together. So as they were engaged in planning out everything, God was part of this plan, and he interrupted Mary and Joseph's love story so that his ultimate love story for the world could unfold with Jesus. Instead of Mary and Joseph sending out their wedding invites to celebrate their wedding, God was beginning to send out his invitations to his love story for all. Reading that, sure, the imagination of how Mary and Joseph met, but their love got interrupted. And this is where you now see how Mary loves God so much and how Joseph loves God so much and how it just works well. And I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1. You can turn there on your phones and your Bibles, but we're also, I believe, going to have it up here. And it's going to be Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 26. It says, God sent the angel, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, I'm going to stop there. If I was doing dishes and this big, big bright, shining of an angel appeared in my kitchen... And it says, confused and disturbed. I would be very confused, disturbed, and probably freaking out a little bit. 
And Mary tried to think what the angel could mean, saying, I'm favored? And the angel replied, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will call, be called the Son of God. And in verse 38, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. So Mary's doing dishes. My brain goes to imagination. She's doing dishes or she's sewing, knitting, milking a cow. I don't know. She's doing something. She's a busybody is what I'm saying. She's a good girl and she's doing some chores. And an angel appeared, downloaded all of this to her. And what Mary did kind of floors me. She's engaged to the love of her life and is now going to have the Son of God through the Holy Spirit. And what does she say to Gabriel? Yes. It wasn't a, well, I need to go talk to Joseph because we're engaged. Because this just, he would have to be involved in this conversation. She didn't say that. She didn't go off and say, well, I should go pray about it, and I'll get back to you. Nope, she didn't say that. God gave an invitation, and Mary accepted. What it doesn't say in that day and age is that an unmarried girl who becomes pregnant is a risk for disaster. Unless the father of the child agreed to marry her, she would remain unmarried for the rest of her life. She could be forced into begging on the streets, prostitution, or worse, to try to earn a living. But, oh, and with Mary being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, if she told anyone, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit, people could think she's crazy, right? Besides those risks, Mary said yes. She accepted an invitation, a high-risk invitation, and she said yes. So there's Mary. Poor Joseph. Oh, Joseph. He didn't see this one coming. Right? Joseph is a great guy. Met Mary, took her out for coffee, fell in love with Mary. So pumped for the future. Then out of nowhere, the news comes to him saying that Mary is pregnant. Now that kind of news, when you know there's nothing going on, and you find out that your fiance's pregnant, that would be the question is, who did it? That would be my mind, right? There is a situation here, and this is not good. Who did this? And we need to, you know, do you, do you follow me this, guys? <laughs> do you get this? Is that this is a serious situation. The fiance came. She's pregnant. Nothing happened. They're engaged. And he says, uh, what? You're, you're pregnant. And she says, it's from the Holy Spirit. Now, what Joseph, this floors my mind with Joseph, is that he didn't insult her. This is where I say they're in love. 
Joseph didn't insult her. Joseph didn't call her crazy. There was none of that. Instead, Joseph had a difficult choice, a difficult decision to make. We see by his actions that he did not want to hurt Mary. He thought of Mary and what her future would look like, not necessarily his. He put her first. He wanted to keep things as quiet as possible. He could have brought her to court and divorced her publicly, and that would have been the end of Mary. But in Matthew 1.19, it says, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. I can only imagine Joseph in turmoil, right? Praying out to God, why God? I thought this was the plan. I thought she was the one. What just happened? I thought, I thought we were being obedient. I thought we were do- going the track. And I could, my, so my imagination then sees him probably in turmoil, maybe in his room crying out to God, tears, just a little bit maybe hysterical saying, God, where are you? What just happened? I don't understand. Praying crying, and out of exhaustion of those tears, passes out and goes, falls asleep. That's how I see this. In Matthew tw- uh, verse 120, it says, as he considered all of this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. The prophet says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Joseph accepted the invitation. He was praying I believe he was in turmoil. He fell asleep. There was an answer to prayer in his dream. He woke up knowing that was a God thing. And and I feel he was excited that there was a joy, that he didn't have to divorce Mary, that he didn't have to go through that drama of what do I do. He got to be with Mary, his true love, and do a God journey, a God adventure together with someone he loves. We see in Luke 2, sorry, back up. Joseph accepted the invitation. Mary and Joseph chose love as the plan. Just as God had planned from the beginning, God invited Mary and Joseph to join in of the unwrapping of love to all mankind. The unwrapping. The gifts are starting to be wrapped up. We see in Luke 2 that there is a Roman census, our registration taking place for the tax collection. Joseph needed to make the trip and took Mary with him. She was due to have a baby in that, like right now, ready to, to have a child. In the moment, we could see that this could be an inconvenience. In the moment, Joseph and Mary could say, uh, God, can you see what's about to happen? I can't make that trip. This is, first of all, going to be a very hard journey. Second of all, this is unsafe. Baby could come out anywhere from here to there. God, what are you doing? But it was God's perfect timing that all this was coming together. Since this was happening, Jesus would be born in the very town that was prophesied for his birth. 
from the message version. I'm going to read Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the runt of the litter, little small, little Bethlehem, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. From something that could have been inconvenient was prophesied for amazingness to happen, for Jesus to come, for the unwrapping to happen. Sometimes we may think to ourselves, I'm being obedient. I'm listening to God. This is me saying this too. Why aren't things better? Why aren't things better? Why do we face discomfort? Why do we have inconvenience? And immediately, either that we have, maybe I've misread what God is actually saying I should do. Maybe God messed up, right? Maybe I messed up and I didn't hear right. I don't know. But when we, when we think to ourselves that I'm being obedient, doesn't mean everything's going to go as planned in our mind. But it always goes as planned in God's mind, and it's God's plan. So as Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem, God did not soften that bumpy road for Mary. I believe it was probably uncomfortable. But God gave the strength to continue. When there's uncomfortable times in our journeys, in our day-to-day walk, God can give the strength through those bumpy roads. And I'm preaching to myself on that one. When there's bumpy roads, when there's hiccups, and there's inconvenience, when you feel like you know what God was going this way, and so all of a sudden this starts happening, it's still God's plan. There's a journey in mind. Stay the course. Stay with what God has asked you to do. Luke 2, 6. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. The story is unfolding in front of us from the time Mary and Joseph hung out to the time they got engaged. And just like that, they were on the biggest God journey of their life that will, imp- that will impact all of mankind forever because they said yes to an invitation. They could have said no. They said yes to an invitation. Now that Jesus is born in that dirty stable of a place, my imagination takes me up to, what were the angels doing? I bet they're holding their breath. I bet they're watching it all unfold. They bet they're watching Mary and Joseph hanging out at youth group. Then they saw the engagement, and then they saw the wedding plan, and then Gabriel got to go hang out with Mary and give some good news to to Mary, and then Gabriel showed up in a dream to Joseph to give some good news to Joseph. All the angels are just like, wow, this is the best story. I got to keep watching this. This is exciting. Now that Jesus is born, can you imagine in your physical brains the excitement and the overjoy and the praise and worship that these angels were having in heaven? Can you imagine the excitement that all these prayers that people have been praying and praying and praying, God save us, God save us, bam, I have an answer. Can you imagine the excitement that these angels had? And it got to the point that I believe it was so exciting that it suddenly in Luke 2, 9, it says suddenly, 
an angel of the Lord appeared among them. Suddenly, popped out, couldn't contain their excitement anymore, up and far away where we don't have contact. And all of a sudden, an angel pops up and says, suddenly, hey, shepherds, you guys, guess what just happened? The things that you've been praying for, wondering for, you're hanging out with, who knows, you guys, night shifts, working, praying for your needs. Who knows? God only knows. And all of a sudden, suddenly, Jesus was born. Suddenly, an angel appeared. Suddenly, prayers can be answered. In Luke, Luke 2, 9, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine being outside, and an angel shows up and says, hey, guys, I would need a new pair of pants. It would scare me. And it says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the little runt little town. Jesus was born, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined. Oh, can you imagine one angel going, hey, guys, guess what? Jesus is born. The Messiah is born. Can you imagine now? This is an army, not little fluffy baby angels going, woo, an army. All those Samsons showed up with flowy hair. They were celebrating, and they were praising God. God glory to God in the highest and peace. Not hell. Peace, not war. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. My imagination is getting exciting. <laughs> First of all, there was an invitation. The angels suddenly appeared to the shepherds who were at night bonfiring with the have the fire trying to stay warm. The sheep, got to keep them contained. It's a big job. There is an invitation. An invitation. The shepherds left and ran to find Jesus, God's son, the king of kings, the savior of the world. The shepherds showed up as they were. I'm not going to go take a shower first. I'm not going to go find someone to cover my shift. They ran. They didn't give it a second thought because they knew that they knew that they knew the Savior that they had been praying for has arrived. It is time to go. There's no excuses. There was an open invitation. Come as you are. Come to Jesus. Simple. Simple. Jesus came for us. He was born in a dirty stable. Mary and Joseph were not home. But they were drawn to him, Jesus, who is home. The shepherds were drawn to Jesus. They were not home. They were drawn to Jesus, who is home. The Emmanuel, God with us, has arrived. God is inviting us 
to experience that love. Simple. It's not a complicated thing. There was sin, which is a problem. God says, I got this. Here's Jesus. Simple. Now what we get to do is that now Jesus says, here's your invitation. Is a, can you, can you come or are you too busy? Can you, can you come or do you have to go talk to someone about it? Mary encountered an angel. She didn't talk to anyone about it. She accepted the invitation. Joseph encountered Jesus encountered an angel, the answer of a prayer, in a dream. He accepted the invitation. The shepherds were working night shift. An invitation appeared. They accepted, and they ran. There was no excuse. Today, church, we have an open invite to the Savior of the world, the love that came down that day, and we are invited to be part of the family with Jesus. That's exciting. Those prayers that you've been praying, here's the invitation. This invitation will lead down the road of answered prayer. Here's an invitation for healing. Here's an invitation to experience his love. Here's an invitation for peace. Here's an invitation for hope. Let's take the invitation and open it and accept it. Today, church, I want to pray. Let's close our eyes, please. There is an open invite. I see right now that everyone has an invitation in front of you. This invitation could be, I've never asked Jesus into my life. I've never asked him to be the savior of my life. I've never asked him. I've never asked him to walk with me and for me to live with him. That's your invitation today. Others of us, there's an invitation in front of you. And that invitation is, are you ready to do a God journey? That God journey could be bumpy. It can be inconvenient. But it's a God journey. And there is no better journey you can be on. Because if you accept that invitation, what kind of amazing impact can you have to others around you? Just like Mary and Joseph, they accepted that invite and it impacted the world with their choice. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life, you've never asked him to be Lord and Savior, this is your day. And maybe you've fallen and you're like, I haven't been walking with him. I did it when I was little or years ago, and I've, I've not walked that God journey. Today is your day. And if that is you, I would love to pray for you. And if you could just raise your hand. So I know who I'm praying for. If this is you saying, yes, I want Jesus, the Lord of my life. I believe that he came to save me. Today is your day. 
Can you raise your hand? And I would love to pray for you. And I'm going to pray. And if this is you, I'm just going to have a chat with Jesus, just like I'm chatting with you guys. Just repeat after me and believe in your heart. We say, dear Jesus, thank you so much that you love me. I believe in you, and I really want to follow you. So today, Jesus, I ask, come be my best friend. Walk with me. Answer my prayers. Be on a journey with me, Jesus. I love you, and I want to follow you the, all my days of my life. And if you're here today, you have an open invitation that God may be calling you to something greater. And it may be freaky, and it may be scary, and there's unknownness. But if that's you, I want to pray for you. If that's you, can you put up your hand so I know who I'm praying for? I see you. I see you and you. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? There is an invitation, and God is saying it is time for you to open that invitation because the journey that I have for you is going to blow your mind. I'm going to answer all your questions. That is you. I want to pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much that you care so much for us that we have this invitation by you, the creator of the world, this invitation of love from you. And Jesus, we ask, first of all, we say thank you. But we ask that you give us strength now that we have the invitation in our hand. Give us strength to open it. And give us strength to walk with you through the unknown, through the bumpiness, through the possible inconvenience but Jesus let that doubt disappear in the name of Jesus God I just ask that you bring clarity to our next steps whatever those steps may be in every individual that may be asking that question God I ask that you bring the known to the unknown we thank you Jesus that you have that you've sent your son Jesus because you love us we thank you Jesus that you've given us an invitation and just for us, that it's a personalized invitation. And we say, Jesus, we say yes to that invite. Amen. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will never die, but live forever. That's that invitation. So church, let's be like Mary. Let's be like Joseph. Let's say yes. Let's don't worry about the inconvenience. Don't worry about the bumpy roads. When we say yes, that means God's the driver and he's in control. And he knows how to navigate well. Okay? So there it is. There it is. Thank you, God, for your love. Next week will be another great week. So church, I'm believing with you this week. It's going to be a good week. It's going to be a good week. God's going to show up. He's already showing up. You're going to start seeing his fingerprints. It's going to be a good week. Amen.